New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. If I had a crystal ball and I could look into this crystal ball and tell you guys exactly where your business opportunities lie looking forward, what is working in the future, what is not working in the future, things that we should totally eliminate, things that we should totally start doing in order to see your business grow and flourish. Imagine how amazing that would be. Guys, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do have the next best thing. We've recently just launched our opportunity analysis, and the entire premise of this exercise is to help you guys understand where the holes in your bucket currently lie. Why is that important? Because we don't want to start filling a bucket that's leaking. Guys, for a limited time only, I'm going to be offering this as a free giveaway. It's $350, but for you site shedders, you're going to get it for free. You need to head across to tradey.wiki forward slash grow and enter the code site shed to get it for nothing. Off the back of it, book a time to have a chat and we'll see where it takes us. We're looking forward to helping you and seeing where your opportunities lie. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Tradey Web Guys. Trady Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it, guys. It is a customized solution for trade-based organizations, and it's fantastic. Head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form, and let's have a conversation giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello, listeners and viewers, and welcome back to the Site Shed Podcast. Um, I'm coming at you today with a, um, a podcast about spotting opportunity and this is something that i think if we had a bit better of a framework around this there'd be a lot of opportunities that you know we'd be able to recognize a little bit better and i'm going to give you an example of one at the moment which is red hot and i've been talking about it with clients for the better part of 18 months now and it's been going really well for them from a marketing perspective but before we jump into that i want to put a bit of a i suppose a prelude or a preface to what we're talking about here so when we're running our own business, it's very easy just to get caught up in the running of the business and not actually, we sort of have blinkers on to a degree as to, um, you know, other things, other ways of doing things, other opportunities, you know, things that can come along in the day-to-day running of our lives that we sometimes miss because we're so head down, bums up doing what we, we've always been doing. And so, I know we've spoken a lot recently on strategy and planning and that kind of thing. And this certainly, um, to a degree, falls uh, into that conversation. I suppose it's about, you know, sharpening the axe and, you know, taking a step back and thinking, okay, well, 
what's some of the directions and some of the shifts that we could perhaps be making here uh, for, a, for a number of different reasons. Now, I know like you guys have heard me say in the past over and over again, and I'm a firm believer that there is so much opportunity that lies within niches. Now, if you're a new business, I understand it's hard to, and sometimes, and this is not a science either, guys. Like this is just in, in my experience of working in this digital agency with lots of different, you know, trade businesses from all over the planet. You know, we do see businesses that, that niche themselves. They have a much easier journey towards becoming the expert in that thing. Now, of course, you've got to be clever when you do that. You don't want to go niche yourself into something where there's no market or no money, but whatever. But, and especially in the early stage of business, you're, you're less likely to do this because you, you know, you take the work you can get, you need the money, whatever it might be, right? But as your business evolves, you will notice that you start spotting trends in the space of, uh, the type of work that you want to do or you are, you're best at doing, the type of clients that you may want to work with, things like that can really lead you down a path of of niching into a certain vertical. You know, for example, we've got clients that are hot water specialists, like they're plumbers, but they found out after, you know, five or six years that they were good at hot water, there was good money in it, they had a good process around it, their team was trained up well with it, so they just went all in on it. And they basically just do hot water now. So that's like one of many examples, of course, that you can see. But um, I suppose fundamentally, it's about having that data behind you. And as I said before, like I've got this actually as a document that you guys can get through the show notes. I've made it a copy version of a Google Doc so you can grab a hold of it. But it's a bunch of questions that you can ask yourself about whatever the opportunity might be, which can lead you down a path to make a slightly more educated decision um, as to whether or not it's worth investing in. Now, um, it's not complex, it's not complicated, and nor should it need to be, but it is sometimes good to have some sort of framework in place to avoid the shiny object syndrome mentality where something jumps up and you jump on it without actually looking into it enough. So I always would encourage you to go and do more research into these things at a deeper level. But even if you use this as like a high level overlay, just to sort of draw some sort of clarity as to whether or not it's made it past this specific test, I think then that'd be useful for all of you guys. The reality is we are in a very fast moving, ever changing world and technology is forever evolving. And for better or worse, you, you can decide. But the reality is we, we do need to have our senses and our receptors open to you know, potentially better ways of doing things so that you know we're not going to get left behind in whatever it is we're doing. So I've put together this little matrix. As I said before, like I've really designed this around um, like an observation that you know I sort of saw becoming more and more apparent, you know, a couple of years back. And it was in relation to, like in the electrical industry, the evolution of people wanting to buy electric cars and therefore having to have some sort of way of charging them in their homes, which are these, these um, which is EV charge stations, right? As I said before, like we've been banging on with our clients about this for the last couple of years, and some of them are really starting to plant their flag in the ground with it, which is great because although in that specific instance, um, the market may not be like completely ready for that yet, as that solar technology, electric car, electric vehicle um, technology evolves, uh, more and more people are going to be ready for it. Now, it's a little bit hard to 
uh, I suppose, pinpoint accurately at which point in time that is going to happen. And for context, I've worked in an industry where we were so far ahead of the market that we couldn't get any traction because the market just wasn't wasn't ready. And that was 12 years ago or something when we were selling pipe relining equipment. The market just wasn't ready for it at that point. Now it's now it's ripe and there's you know so many people doing it. But um it was a hard sell back then. So the point though, I suppose, is when you put the work in early and you can uh, plant your flag as an expert in that space. When the market catches up, you've got a really good head start. And that's really what we're talking about here. Like a lot of what we, we do over at Trading Web Guys is about helping you guys become the expert in the thing. Now, we do that through like various content creation methods, um, search engine optimization, ads, all this kind of stuff. But at the crux of it is essentially telling your story. I'm not going to go down that path in this podcast because it's not really what this is about. But what I want to do for you guys, and again, you can head across to the show notes and, and get the copy version of this, this doc. It's no problem. There's a bunch of questions that you should be asking yourself, and I'm going to run through what they are, and then I'm going to give you a bit of an explanation as to um, uh, into, into each one just for context. And it's all in the doc here as well. So <clears throat> if you're not sure, then you can reference that. I've got an example here, which is the actual residential EV charging stations, right? So the first question would be, well, is there a specific market avatar for this product? Now, in the space of electric car ve- electric vehicle chargers, there is. It's people that own electric cars. So um, they've got to have some way of charging it and the public charge stations or the commercial charge stations, I should say, um, don't always fit the dynamic and fit into people's days, you know, the, the way they would like. So they need some other alternative there. Having it at home makes sense. Is there a market awareness? There is market awareness and it's, and it, it's, it's, it's growing considerably, but it's being forced to grow through the evolution of um, electric cars, right? So when I look at the, the next question, which is their market opportunity or is their market potential, I'd say, yes, it's huge because more and more people are taking interest in electric cars. And so we're sort of scratching the surface of it at the moment with a handful of manufacturers that produce electric cars, but the potential looking forward is, um, is quite large. Does it support a trend? So in this instance, yes, because it's solar and solar is very trendy and it's trending upwards more and more every day with all these different new technologies, right? So everything from solar harvesting through to solar storage, through to the grid credit system where you're putting money back into the grid and all these kind of things. Like there's a lot of technology around that space. So it's very much a trend. Has this technology been around for 12 months? And the reason I ask that is because if it's a brand new technology, it very often takes time to get traction. And I would say if it's been around for more than 12 months, then um, that's a good thing because it's sort of it's, it's stuck around for long enough or that, that, that far ahead anyway. And of course, again, this is not a size. It will depend on the technology. Sure. So be discerning with this. But the point I'm trying to make is if somebody just releases something, you know, yesterday and like you don't really have any gauge as to, you know, how that's going to play out over the next year. So solar has been around like solar charging has been around since people have had electric cars is the reality, but the, the residential side of that conversation is the one that's making significant shift these days. Are there competitors doing it? Now, you don't want to go into a vertical that doesn't have other people doing it. And I'll tell you why, because there's no demand. And so that might seem like a great idea when you're like, wow, okay, there's no one else doing this right now. 
But the reality is um, they're probably not doing it for a reason. And we see you see a lot of people tripping up on these things from time to time. So it doesn't have to be a hugely competitive, and I encourage you it not to be. But as long as there is an interest and as long as, long as there's other people out there that are doing it, um, it sort of gives you some sort of idea as to whether or not it's worthwhile invest- investigating. Does it have supporting services or cross-sell opportunities? So when you look into EV charging, you've got this whole little ecosystem, which we call it um, for, our, for our Sparky clients, where you've got – so. 10, 15 years ago, there was, you know, solar panels and solar electricians was the thing, right? And everyone started doing this. Now everyone does that. And so it's very hard for you to plant your flag in the ground as the solar expert because it's so highly competitive these days, which is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying there's not a need for it. There's definitely a need for it. But when you're trying to plant your flag in the ground as as the guy, then it's a lot harder, harder to do it as a solar electrical uh, specialist than it is for an EV specialist so if there's a cross-sell opportunity there that's a great way for you to get your foot in your door as an expert with whatever it might be and then sell into other things so essentially you can use the easy marketing opportunity to work your way into the more competitive marketing opportunities like solar installations home automation battery storage so on and so forth so <clears throat> There's a whole conversation that you can design around this on order in, in, in a way that you can educate, you know, your customers and you can do it the right way. You can do it the wrong way. Um, but the point being, if there's an opportunity there to cross sell and upsell, then that's a really good thing to invest in, especially if like EV charges, it's not a hugely expensive install because it means you can get your foot in the door for a relatively cheap product, you know, thousand bucks, couple of grand or whatever it is to chuck one in. And then you can sell them potentially into solar or you could sell them into home automation or whatever it might be. And these days, they all just work so well together. So look at those sort of things as well. Does it require certification and compliance? So what you don't want, I suppose, is to jump into something that any, any anyone can just pick up and do. It's good if you've got some sort of compliance there, like EV does, of course, because it's electrical based, which is quite dangerous. So you've got to have licenses. And a lot of the manufacturers have certifications as well. So it does have a level of compliance. Are there financial incentives? Well, in this instance, yes, because there's the obvious incentives of you know not having to pay for fuel, which sure the vehicle cost is one thing, whatever, like, but over time, um, technically would be not spending as much to run the car as you may potentially with a with a um, fossil fuel based car right and of course there's other things as well which are not obvious like government incentives and grants and things like that so these are things that you should should be looking into other environmental advantages to this product like a lot of you might think oh no one really cares about that but the reality is people actually do and it's a really good marketing tool for you if you do have something that does have like a serendipitous sort of advantage to it especially when it comes to like uh environmental or cultural or you know whatever it might be um things like ev charging right so you know it's it's quite a it's quite a good little marketing tool when you can when you can throw in that environmental um like advantage part to that conversation so essentially by asking yourself there's 10 little questions there right and if you justify and explain it properly, at the end of it, you can give yourself a score out of 10, which basically then puts you in a position to make a call on whether or not it's worth investigating further. 
and sort of diving more into things like compliance and um, certifications and you know so on and so forth maybe maybe sourcing partnerships or in you know whatever it might be yeah and again when we're sort of having that conversation around planning i think these are things that we often neglect and it can be costly or perhaps we don't put enough emphasis and enough uh, resource into the that early research um because we like i said before you kind of have that uh, shiny object syndrome where you just um, you go all in without really doing the right amount of digging so um, it's a good exercise to you know to go back through run all your services through that same question that same questionnaire and figure out and the other one you might want to add in there is you know well i mean i couldn't didn't really want to put this in the matrix because this sort of speaks to more of something that you're already doing and not something you potentially could be doing but you might want to add that question in there of well what is our What's our um, net profit off this specific product? And the reason I say that is because, you know, we've worked with organizations in the past where um, like plumbing example, a plumbing company, for example, in Western Australia, and they had, um, you know, they had a, a commercial division where they did um, like residential apartment blocks and things like that. And they worked with builders um, and then they did residential maintenance. And the residential and the commercial side of the business um, so the new work they're working with builders, it was keeping eighty percent of their staff busy, but it was it was responsible for only twenty percent or fifteen percent from memory of their uh, net profit, which was insane. So they were essentially just running it so they could keep their guys busy. And it looked on the surface, it looked good because they were busy, they were doing the work, they were out there. But on paper, when you broke it down, it was like this is insane. You could just cut your stress in half. You could, you could essentially either get rid of all this staff or you could move them across to residential and you could, and literally quadruple their, their, their net profit. So these are things I suppose you like, again, on, on the surface, it looked great. And for even from an accounting perspective, in truth, it looked great because the books are looking good. There's the growing, you know, it's growing, so on and so forth. But when you dive deeper into the actual, you know, where that money comes from, um, some of those things are not obvious. And so um, you can imagine that conversation and how it went when we, you know, we recommended to them that they actually culled the commercial side of the business and for these reasons. And, mate, you, the, the feedback and the, the, um, the, the pushback from the accounting side of the business, the bookkeepers and things like that, they were just like, what, well, you can't possibly do this. It'll kill you because they didn't, they hadn't seen the full conversation. But when we explained everything, it it's made a lot of sense. So anyway, food for thought for you guys. Um, I hope that was kind of helpful. Again, I'll make this available to you, uh, through the show notes. It's a simple Google doc and you can literally just click on the button and it'll copy a version for you. So. It shouldn't be, um, it should be pretty easy. Um, so head across to the siteshed.com. Um, look for this podcast. It's called The Opportunity Matrix. Make a copy and let me know how you go. And I'd love to, and if you've got any feedback about this, if you if you do the exercise and you'd like to come and post it in the group and get some feedback on it, then do that. So head across to um, the SiteShed Facebook group. It's a private group. And we'd love to love to see what your um, conversation's like in there. And I'm also going to post this um, copy version into that group as well. So if you're in that group, then um, keep an eye out for it. I'll, I'll let it go once the podcast is launched. All right, guys. Go get them. Ciao. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, You'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the, the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.